1: What's that you're wearing today, Adam? Oh, what, well, this old thing? It's my World Cricket Show t-shirt. Could you not tell because it says World Cricket <laughs> exactly Show? actually It's a t-shirt that says World Cricket Show. No. no. Available Pretty now, good. Tone. Available now, these t-shirts. I've not heard about them, actually. At our online website, www.cricketshow.net, at just £15, including free worldwide shipping. I mean,
2: this thing ships anywhere, doesn't it? <laughs> Literally this... anywhere in the world it'll ship. If you're, yeah. the, if you're on the International Space Station, we'll ship to you.
1: Uh, okay I, that'd be well, pretty cool wouldn't it well we said worldwide would you include low earth orbit in the world
2: well that's a question
1: for another night I would imagine <laughs> that's a question for men much more qualified than ourselves <laughs> yeah. in the realm of astrophysics cricketshow.net buy a t-shirt you know when we said we were going to improv this bit this is why we should never improv anything I stepped
2: out of character very early I know I should have, should have stayed with it let's go on with the show shall we yeah, okay
0: we're sorry the number you have dialed is not in service at this time <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and in the studio tonight I'm joined, like what I usually am, by Tony Kerr. Evening, Adam. How's it going this week, Tony? How tired would you say you are this week on a scale of 1 to 10? I think this is what people are most eager to know right off the bat. How tired are we?
2: Probably coming in at about 3 or 4. Oh
1: really, not very tired.
2: I'm way down on my usual level of tiredness, so expect plenty more energy from me tonight.
1: Have you calmed down at all since last week? You were swearing all over last week's pod. I think one cuss word Mm, snuck in there definitely a couple of bleeps you were dropping the F bomb (laughs) dropping the W bomb it all got a bit lock stock in (laughs) there it
2: was explicitly rated I think you want to watch yourself sunshine
1: you also got irrationally angry about a television show that last aired in 2004 and which nobody ever watched even when it was on the games is everything all right with you 10 is there anything that you know you want to talk to us about no I'm less angry because you you know that we are here for you I know I
2: really appreciate that it's a source of great comfort to me no, there's not much going on, really. Yeah, I've had a good week. One th- actually, one thing I wanted to tell you that I thought uh, you might be interested in I, uh, I bumped into our old cricket coach from school. <laughs> right. Uh, not what the one that we play with, no, the regular one. Basis. Mr. Good. Okay. Mr Good
1: I do remember Mr Good
2: yeah uh, bumped into him uh, on Saturday night had a few uh, we, we'd both had a few beers so I don't know how seriously this uh, you know this will, <laughs> this will be taken but you know I'm pretty hopeful at the moment uh, he was our so you'll remember this other people might not
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would he, imagine most of the people listening to this might not remember
2: he was our uh, cricket coach at the secondary school for the second the school's second 11 team which I of course captained he came to me with a proposition on Saturday night uh, that he wanted me to to sponsor the Second Eleven Player of the Year trophy, <laughs> <laughs> which would be called like the Tony Kerr Award <laughs> <it>, or something, <laughs> for exceptional like performances in the second 11.
1: The, the Tony Kerr Award, wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only downside to this is I've got to pay so £50, you reckon, to, to buy a trophy and then £10 a year for the engraving. Would you turn up to present it? Well, that's what he's thinking, yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, you wonder how disappointed the person will be to win that.
1: Do, like, the scorecards from that era still exist somewhere? Because do you think, you know, if someone wins the Tony Kerr Award, would they would they immediately go, oh, i better look up who the Tony <laughs> Kerr was and they just look through your... your your stats averaging about four over the course of a few seasons.
2: But I mean, that's the thing. The stats very much aren't able to tell the story of my performances.
1: <laughs> They're not. <laughs> They're certainly not able to tell the story that the fact that you would have an award named after you would imply <laughs> might exist.
2: But yeah, maybe we could come up with a catchy catchy name for the trophy because the Tony Kerr Award just sounds a bit naff. Uh,
1: well, it could be the Worldie. The Worldie. The World Could You Trade. Worldie. The
2: Tony kerr Worldie Award in association with World Cricket
1: Show. <laughs> World Cricket Show presents the Tony kerr Worldie Award in association with World Cricket Show. Brought to you by Adam Bayfield. That's <laughs> what I think. What I think that would be cool. You will, of course, remember that I won the Second Eleven Player of the Year. <laughs> so you, if, would have, you would have won that trophy. I, I would You're have, a previous won, winner if, of the trophy. But when it was it, it was presented to me, I think I've probably told this story before on here, but. Uh, it was presented to me uh, in a sort of a prize giving as we'd left school so we'd just finished our A-levels uh, and it was a sort of prize giving various awards for academia sport and I won the second 11 player of the year and our most not
2: glamorous award than that it's kind of like if it was the Oscars that would be like you know costume design makeup yeah yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad Pitt's already got his guns Brad Pitt went to our school I don't it's surprising that um, we're the same age and that he went to school in Genndy
2: I went on to have such a you know fantastic
1: career Our paths diverged at some point. But yeah, our our cricket coach uh, was presenting the award. And uh, the way that he introduced me was, uh, you know, he's just a great role model to any young people in the school wanting to get into cricket because he always gave 100%. I remember right from the first year of school, he'd turn up to every session, really work hard, kept plugging away, didn't get in the first line. Of course, he wasn't good enough for that. But you know, he gave it his best. And for that, we've given him this Poxy Award.
2: (laughs) We've given him the Tony Kerr Award for excellence. What do you think to that? Do you think that's a good idea?
1: Yeah, I think, well, you'd, you'd be a fool not to do it. Yeah, it would be quite fun. Because it's probably the thing... I can't see you being remembered for anything else <laughs> in your life, the way your life is going at the moment. Brad Pitt chose to leave a legacy through, you know, some of the films, the numerous films that he's made throughout his career. Uh, whereas you, you've you had a, an award named lucky <laughs> at our school. <laughs> anyway, perhaps we should uh, talk about what's coming up on the show today. Uh, we'll be having a look at the one-day series between England England and the West Indies. Uh, And we'll be looking ahead to the one coming up with Australia as well. And there will be yet more side notes. Always time for a side note or two. Isn't there? There is. (laughs) Isn't there, Tone? (laughs) Always. (laughs) That's better. England. On this part of the show, we talk about England. Now, obviously, the main story of the week, Tone, uh, both... In English cricketing circles, and I would say just in cricketing circles, uh, was the shocking news about Surrey cricketer Tom Maynard, who was killed at the age of just 23, uh, which, as I'm sure you'll agree, uh, is absolutely desperate. Uh, there have been some some great tributes, I think, written to him in the newspapers, including a very good one by Steve James in the Telegraph, um, who's someone who knew Tom Maynard from his days in the Glamorgan dressing room. Um, so I would encourage people to go and, and read that, perhaps. Um, but yeah, absolutely devastating news. Um, and in light of that sort of event, uh, cricket can seem pretty irrelevant, uh, but it did still go on this week, albeit under a long shadow and the first two one-day internationals between england and the west indies took place this week um the first game was at the rose bowl west indies won the toss and put england in and a fantastic century from ian bell 126 from 117 balls opening the innings powered his side to 288 for six west indies got off to a bright start uh, when Dwayne smith smashed a half century 56 from just 44 balls Uh, but after that it all fell apart for the tourists and England won very comfortably bowling them out for 172 with Tim Bresnan taking 4 for 34 to wrap up the game by 114 runs the second game was at the Oval England won the toss this time and also elected to field West Indies finished on 238 for nine. A blistering half-century from Chris Gale at the top of the innings meant that at one point they were, they were threatening to get away from England, but uh, the home side did very well to, to rein in their opponents. Graham Swambold very well, um, and England knocked off the runs extremely comfortably. A century from Alistair Cook, 112, uh, and a half-century from Ian Bell coming to the party again uh, meant that they overhauled the target with eight wickets and five overs to spare. Uh, now, the third game will almost certainly have been played by the time that people are listening to this. If it follows the pattern of the first two games, you would imagine that England are going to wrap up a whitewash, but you never know. But yeah, so two games played, and you'd have to say that everything that we predicted on last week's show has very much come to pass. The West Indies have been fantastic. Sunil Orion has been tearing England to pieces. And Ian Bell's been dreadful. So it's all very much panned out as we expected. That is what we get the paychecks for, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, our performance review this year will be uh, a breeze, you know. <laughs> I'm a bit worried the producer had a very stern face when we walked in today. We've got those appraisals coming up.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I'm coming off the back of some, some good predictions recently. So I think I've, I've bought myself a bit of time. I've got runs in the bank. <laughs> Me, on the other hand. You're, you're coming off a desperate run. But good luck. You know, Good luck to the next guy as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you included, I think, will be a little bit disappointed in how the West Indies have gotten uh, in these first two ODIs.
1: Disappointed. There was,
2: there was a little bit of a setback in that uh, you know we thought Chris Gale was going to come back. He has come back, but he, he was he missed that first one with an injury, uh, which was a bit of an anti-climax because uh, that was kind of the main thing that I was excited about in the, the whole lot, the whole lot of events. Well, you know, when he did come in, he batted very well, didn't he? In the initially shortish innings. In the second match. Played some unbelievable shots. Just hit the ball harder than I've probably ever hit it. And was slightly, possibly slightly unlucky to be given out. Quite a you know, very marginal decision.
1: Almost impossible I mean, to yeah. say. He was given out LBW, wasn't he? On the field, reviewed it. The question was whether, he, whether the ball hit his pad first or his bat first. Because he clearly hit it but just did it hit the pad on the way through to the bat and it kind of looked like it was at exactly the same moment yeah he probably was a bit unlucky to be given out but it is one of those that you know it, it has to stay on the field yeah, I think. The- I don't think the DRS can really overturn that sort of decision
2: yeah agreed I mean that and that was that was a, a slight bonus because you, you get the feeling if Gale the way he'd played up to that point he thought well here we go uh, you know the West Indies are set for a pretty big score and like you said before you know the others uh the Rhine, one wicket to show in two matches not a great return Bumble will not be impressed I think Bumble's written him off already and the others who came in you know Pollard got a few runs but kind of mostly quite disappointing
1: yeah a bit underwhelming um, from the West Indies a lot of these kind of IPL stars um, your Narines your Pollards your Andre Russells have come in with quite a bit of expectation and not delivered in these two games I mean it is only two games but I did think that the West Indies might give England a real run for their money in this series they may yet produce an unbelievable performance in um, at Headingley but it would be too little too late because they've they've lost the series and they've already been rolled over here we didn't exactly write off Ian Bell on last week's show but I think we did say or I certainly said I may just including you in, in, if, yeah. in when I mean me, that I didn't necessarily expect him to do very well, uh, but he scored an absolutely sublime hundred at the Rose Bowl. What did you make of that innings? Is it a significant one in terms of England's one-day future? Is Bell, you know, laying down a marker there to be the long-term ODI opener, or does he still have a lot to prove? Were you convinced by that innings? Well, it was a
2: very convincing innings. Whether I was convinced, uh, you know, whether it's convinced me long-term, I don't, you know, not certain, but. It looks pretty good at the moment. Yeah, he did play unbelievably well. Uh, you gave him the kiss of death. I think you tweeted that, could he look any better? And he got out <laughs> seconds later.
1: I think I tweeted, you know, I think he had. there was something like 11 overs left and he had 120. And I tweeted, you know, how many could he get here? And he <laughs> and immediately got twenty. <laughs> the answer was exactly no more runs than what he's got now. Yeah. But I mean, it does look good, you know, it... it
2: we uh, poured scorn on the opening trio of Cook, Bell, Trot. But Cook uh, you know, continued his remarkable rise, really, in, uh, in, in the one-day team with, a, with another century. Yeah, almost, not quite, but almost a runnable. And Trot uh, came in and did uh, you know his best Trot impression. with uh, He does a good impression of the <laughs> does, Trot, doesn't he? Very, very good. One of the best very in the uh, With two 40s, both uh, at around 60. Strike rate, which is, I think he's ever scored outside of that kind of 60 to 65
1: strike rate band. Well, he has, but he, he got the job done here, didn't he? He didn't have to do any more than that, um, and, he, and he did it very well. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the top three for England uh, were really the cornerstone on which both batting performances there were built. And Ian Bell's come into that top three and looks fantastic. I mean, there is no reason why he shouldn't succeed in one day cricket. He is one of the most talented batsmen in the world. And in test cricket, he's been phenomenal for quite a long time now. He's just never done it in ODIs for whatever reason. But there is no reason why that can't change. My only question would be, how's he going to get on outside of England? these conditions are almost tailor-made for him the sort of fluent stroke play threading the ball through the covers and it'll run away on quick outfields that's fine in a, in a one-day game in these conditions but can he be the opener that england need in the subcontinent and in australia can he sort of regularly hit the ball over the infield in the power play because it is a potentially one-dimensional top three that england have it it's working at the moment and it, it's working very well. But say they get to India and, and Cook and Trot are struggling. Is he and Bell offering anything different to what they're offering? And I don't want to write him off um, on a hypothetical. Uh, and he played unbelievably well in these games. But is he proving anything?
2: Yeah, we yeah we haven't really learned an awful lot new, have we? In these two matches, and that's the, the case of a lot of ODI cricket, isn't it? Well, I don't think we learn a lot ever.
1: I guess like Cook scored those hundreds in the UAE in, in subcontinent conditions, and he has demonstrated that he can adapt his game and and I suppose Trot as well so they do continue to confound expectations there's no reason why Bell can't do that also but I suppose just this 100 was brilliant and it is only his second one so a very important knock for him but it's not necessarily gonna lay all the questions to rest I don't think but yeah Cook I mean continues to impress he now averages 54 as captain in one day cricket at a strike rate of 91 now that's 15 runs better than Chris Gale's career average at a significantly better strike rate. Gale has a strike rate of 84 across his career.
2: Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. And let's see how far he goes. He could be England captain one day.
1: <laughs> his 100 at the Oval meant that um, there have now been six consecutive um, centuries by an England opener, which is a record for any team in one-day international cricket. Well, that's, incre- that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, so the batting has very much done the job for England in these games, but their real asset, I think, if you look at this team, is their bowling attack. It's a five-man attack, and it's 5 frontline bowlers, all of whom, I think you would say, are world-class. And it means that, essentially, it is even stronger than their test bowling attack, isn't it? Because it's their test bowling attack plus Steve Finn. So it won't be in the third ODA. No, true, because they're resting uh, Broad and Breslin, aren't they? And Swan. Uh, And bringing in Treadwell, which will be interesting, and Mika and Wokes as well. A bit more rotation. Controversy. I'd
2: say, uh, on balance, that I are probably in support. I think of the rotation, not least because you know, as we have said before, England have got a lot of good bowlers at the moment. Let's give them some game time. There's a good chance for a lot of the uh, you know a lot of England fans to to get a look at Mika and, and others.
1: Those guys coming in um, will be interesting to see how they go. But when England do play their first choice team, it is a formidable bowling attack. The only question for me is what happens when England's batting lineup. Does get put under a bit of pressure. Can you get away with Tim Bresnan batting at seven?
2: It's not it's not ideal, but I think he's got potential to uh, to score a lot of runs. He looks he looks solid. He's a guy who gets the job done. To give the stereotype uh, Bresnan gets all the time. Yeah, he, uh, he's uncomplicated, un- isn't he? He's an uncomplicated cricketer. What did he get 20 odd in this one of these matches?
1: He is he's definitely a decent batsman, uh, and there are some decent batsmen to follow him as well in in Broad and Swan. So but I do think that that is maybe a, a potential vulnerability. England because he's a good batsman but other teams would look at that and think right we can get into them here and it puts a bit more pressure on the top order I think that they know they can't really afford too much failure. Samit Patel did the job at seven in the winter but you don't always want 20 overs of spin in a one day international and you certainly don't want them in these conditions. Ideally England would find you know a real genuine number seven seam bowling all-rounder Chris Wakes might get a game at Headingley and uh, he could be an option for the future because he is a genuine all-rounder and he's doing that job superbly, I think, for Warwickshire at the moment. But yeah, two comprehensive wins for England... Is this a case of England being very good, or as we've mentioned, West Indies being disappointing, or a bit of both? Uh, yeah, a bit of
2: both. I think Gale missing out uh, first up didn't get the West Indies off to a good start. But I think there would have been a lot of a fair amount of excitement and a fair amount of uh, kind of anticipation about his return. The fact that he missed out, I think, might have just stung the dressing room slightly. And as he proved in the second innings, he was in good nick, but it's kind of a bit too little, too late. They'd already they'd already lost, they'd already game down, and uh, and England in the end kind of saw them off fairly easily they weren't really tested so I don't, I don't think we saw the best of England or the worst of West Indies it was kind of
1: I do think England are becoming a seriously good one-day team it's very easy to say oh it's only West Indies but that's not what people were saying before the series and when West Indies played Australia they got some great
2: results and earned the reputation that he's brought into England and Uh, subsequently lost at the hands of Bumble. (laughs) Uh, Bumble's obviously slaughtered him.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. he earned that by tying Australian batsmen up in knots, didn't he? And they drew that series to all against the Aussies. And... Their guys have gone to the i p l and been sensational and been you know some of the leading wicket takers and leading run scorers there, but they've really not posed that much of a threat to England and I do think that you know they're maybe not as good a one day team as they are a Test team, but they are a very good one day team i mean the five nil whitewash in India last October has I think given England's one day team a worse reputation than what they probably deserve um, because they've now won six one-day international series in a row at home and they've only lost two series anywhere in the world in the last three years, especially in English conditions, but really anywhere in the world. I think they are a pretty formidable outfit. How will they get on against Australia, though? The Aussies are here. Well, they're not here. They're not in the (laughs) studio. I'm not going to hand you over to David Hussey at any moment, but... um, uh they are in England uh and the first game in that series um is next Friday, june the twenty ninth at Lords, as we've talked about before, this series is monumentally pointless. <gasps> um you've got a question what the australians are doing here. well i suppose we know what they're doing here which is that the ecb are you know just trying to trying to make a little bit of dosh bit of moolah but uh it's a bit it's a slightly irritating series isn't it because it, it contributes to kind of reducing the intensity and the interest and the excitement of, of england australia clashes but it's going to happen whether we like it or not and i suppose if you do try and look at it in isolation it could be quite a good series how do you see it going do you think England are strong favourites? or uh,
2: Maybe not strong favourites, but certainly favourites. Yeah, I, I could see uh, there's still plenty of rain around. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for a prediction, 3-1 England. That's kind of the, the balance of it, I think. I think the Australians might pick one, but for the most part, I think England will win. So.
1: I think you could make a reasonably convincing argument for both sides being the favourites because England obviously on a bit of a roll and at home, but Australia did hammer England when they last met in a one-day
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: International series 6-1, wasn't it, last year? Um, which, you know, there's extenuating circumstances for England there, but Australia did look a much better side in that series. I don't know. I, I, I think it could be very interesting. I'm, I'm irritated that the series is happening. But, then, but you will enjoy it but i will watch it yeah Shane watson this week gave an interview in which he sort of hinted that uh, there might be a psychological block developing amongst the australians in a similar way to there was amongst the english players about australia in the 90s and the early part of the noughties with the the ashes series that have been lost was it three out of the last four and certainly the last two do you think that that, that could be a factor for the aussies now I, there are some new players in that dressing room but there's also guys like Watson and Clark who have been around for a lot of these defeats do you think when they go out onto the field of play Australia now thinking oh god it's England
2: but maybe not quite yet, uh, you know, specifically to the Aussies. Because I think, you know, you'd say that almost any team in world cricket now goes onto the field against England and thinks, oh, God, it's England. Uh, you know, these guys are pretty good at the moment and have been for a little while. So do you think it's got to be a factor, but maybe not, you know, give it another five years, maybe, and then then the Aussies will start to get really worried. The, the, that great Australian team uh, dominated for, for far longer than England have. So, you know, in reverse uh, up to this point. So I don't think we're quite at that point yet.
1: And of course, as I just mentioned, um, Australia did beat England 6-1 in a one-day series 18 months ago. And also, there's quite a few new guys in this dressing room coming for this series. Pat Cummins, James Pattinson, Matthew Wade. None of these lads have uh, have played England before. So I think it could be very interesting to see how they get on. Whatever happens in the series, I, I think it'll mean essentially nothing in the context of next year's Ashes, except that if the Aussies win, it will give them a certain degree of bragging rights. If England win... Australia will say, oh, you know, we're still rebuilding. But if Australia come to England and and beat England and derail the English juggernaut, then they're probably going to enjoy quite a a confident 12 months, aren't
2: they? It would give them something of a platform. No, let's
1: go. Bring it on. The side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. And I've got a handful of side notes in my side note bucket uh, to share with you this week this first one comes from the guardian uh, this this broke today tone thursday i'm recording this if you're aware of that know what i mean know what i mean by thursday <laughs> i'm familiar with the concept of the days of the week I don't need to go through the song with you again <laughs> the, the Rebecca Black song Andrew Flintoff launches stinging attack on Michael Atherton uh, I can give you the bullet points if you want if to if you run, wouldn't mind the subheading bullet points former England All-Rounder lays into ex-Captain Atherton another bullet point Flintoff angry at journalist's criticism of Alistair Cook Andrew Flintoff the former England All-Rounder has launched a stinging attack on Michael Atherton calling his former England and Lancashire colleague going to need to do some bleeping here a f***ing pr- Speaking to an evening standard journalist at a Sky TV dinner at the OXO Tower restaurant in London Flintoff strongly criticised Atherton who now works as a Sky commentator and Times journalist
2: (laughs) He now works as a waiter at the OXO
1: Tower (laughs) restaurant in London He now moonlights as a maitre d' at the OXO Tower Quote, he's a said Flintoff He's a f***ing pr**. He sits there making judgments about players that are much better than he ever was Believe me, he's a God,
2: he likes that word, doesn't he?
1: How can he talk about a player like Alistair Cook, who is ten times the player he ever was? He has a much bigger average and will go on and on. Atherton averaged in the thirties for England, and yet he thinks he can judge others. Flintoff was then asked if he wanted his comments to be taken as off the record, but replied, "I don't care. Say what you like. There's no love lost there." <sighs> wow! Pick strong, the draws out of that. Strong. What'd you make of that tone?
2: I can see both sides, you know. I don't, you know, they're both good friends of mine, so I don't, <laughs> want, to, I don't want to pick sides. Uh, no, I don't. I've not. I don't have a personal relationship with either of them. No, I have more of an emotional attachment to Flintoff, probably because of his uh, his achievements on the field. Whereas Atherton is for me synonymous with a period of my life. You'd rather forget. Uh, <laughs> rather forget, which is you know, England's kind of humiliation at the hands of everyone else for about five to ten years. I but, mean, I mean, I do really like Atton, so there we go.
1: Well, there's a number of points to raise okay, here, isn't there? Firstly, very harsh to say that Afton wasn't a good player. He ended up averaging, I think, 39, but he was playing in a seriously tough era. And, I mean, the saying was... If Atherton fails, England fail. I mean, he was basically carrying that batting line-up for 10 years or whatever. So, firstly, I think Flintoff's wrong to say that Atherton wasn't a very good player. Secondly, he says, you know, oh, he averaged in the 30s and yet he thinks he can judge people. Flintoff averaged like 30-something with about 31 or 32 with the bat. I know he was an all-rounder and did substantially more uh, with the ball. But you're in very dangerous territory there, Freddie. I love flintoff i absolutely love flintoff he's one of my favorite cricketers of all time atherton is also one of my favorite cricketers of all time i don't, I don't like to see this kind of spat between uh between two no, people that I, isn't it? between two people that i've written numerous fan letters to <laughs> um but you, i think you've got a side with atherton here have you not because firstly because of the the extraordinary vitriol that that flintoff has has come out with here i mean this is a Remarkably scathing attack. You've got to imagine that he may have had a few, which you know I'm surprised about because Flintoff has a reputation of never really touching the stuff. I mean, I suppose that doesn't excuse, but to a certain extent explains why he was uh, quite so animated. But I mean, it, it's interesting because this is this seems to be happening a lot. There was the the Peterson Knight stuff, the ramden Viv Richards, now Flintoff Atherton. Commentators have a right to have their say, and. Atherton is one of the best, if not the best, in the business. It's an odd thing that Flintoff has has picked on Atherton here, because it, there's a rich seam of material in cricket punditry. I mean, you look at the sky box, and it's it's more or less an open goal. So to have uh, sort <laughs> of singled out Atherton is odd. Obviously, it's because there's some personal issue. But yeah, I don't think he's doing himself any favours there, Flintoff.
2: You would say that Atherton has made a very good career for himself. Uh, having finished playing. Flintoff not so much. He's, he's he's on that awful panel show. He's on the League of Their Own, yeah. Which is rubbish. <laughs>
1: the League of Their Own must be, to be fair, I've your, only watched one episode but... like Perfect Storm. <laughs> because it's hosted by James Corden. Yeah, Flintoff's on it. Who else is I on like it? I like Flintoff,
2: but... Jamie Redknapp. It's just not a great show, is it? let yeah. face facts. It's pretty rubbish. And I don't know what else he's done, really, since then.
1: Well, he did that uh, thing on the Discovery Channel, and now he's doing that Let's Get Gold, that. which was our side note last week about the uh, the ITV sports talent Show. But the thing is, like, regardless of what Flintoff has done afterwards, you can't have a go at Atherton, you know, and say that he, he he's not earned the right to have his say because it's it's an odd thing and it's almost unique to cricket that, you know, literally all of the pundits and journalists and everything used to be players. Like, you don't need to have played test cricket at all to be a good pundit and a good commentator. In fact, it's almost inversely proportionate. Yeah, I I just, I don't think Flintoff's covered himself in glory there. Do you want to do your side note, Tony? This is the side note that you brought last week and then didn't read. (laughs) So we've we've built it up for a whole week. (laughs) (laughs) It is the and
2: I'll explain in a second but it's like the Legionnaires disease of cricket uh, <laughs> news articles uh, right uh, Somerset village cricket team bowled out for six runs do you hear about this no this is uh, a uh, news article that was, was doing the rounds was on the BBC sport website uh, something about a village cricket team from Somerset had been bowled out for six runs
1: that's the headline <laughs> very much <laughs> as the headline suggests uh,
2: yeah. It's a story that comes up almost every year. There's a new village team that's been bowled out for a few runs. You know, we were bowled out for 13 once, weren't we? Uh, we were bowled out for 13, but that didn't get the papers, did it? The reason I said it's the Legionnaires disease of cricket news stories is because every sort of six months or so uh, there'll be a, a story in the news about a Legionnaires outbreak and it's the same every year. It's the same every time. It's the same story, just new location. Just fair enough. It is a story and particularly if locally, uh, you know, it's a, an important issue. But I don't know. I don't know why there's the need to go through all the details every six months about how Legionnaires is spread and how it's like where it originates from.
1: Is that why when we were watching the news the other day, they started talking about Legionnaires you went, oh, for f- sake I don't think I quite did that but but, you know it's like the
2: village team gets bowled out for a few runs (laughs) whoop-dee-doo let's move on no need to to write you know close to 500 words on it
1: I think that should be our slogan (laughs) put that on the poster world cricket show (laughs) whoop-dee-doo other news
2: stories that annoy me uh, include exam results that's like three days of the year that I can't watch the news on because it annoys me so much <laughs> yeah. boring, so boring they um, give them out like cornflakes now York, <laughs> don't they,
1: A star <laughs> grades can we talk about this <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah so then I'll come up with some other examples as you, as you talk no?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean as I talk i I've got another side note here from Crick Info: cricket at the Olympics opening ceremony Cricket may not be an Olympic sport as of now, but it is set to feature at the London Olympics next month. How? Question mark. Well, Oscar-winning filmmaker Danny Boyle, the director of the opening ceremony set for July the 27th, unveiled a set portraying the opening scene from the ceremony, cere- from the ceremony, which included a game of cricket in progress. The director said the Olympics would open in an English meadow with cricket being played at one side of the stadium and livestock meadows, rivers, and landmarks like the Glastonbury Tour on the other. Boyle said that the opening scene of the £27 million ceremony would be called Green and Pleasant and that 10,000 volunteers will participate in the show. So yeah, cricket at the cricket Olympics. Cricket is in the Olympics, yeah. yeah, sure is. That's
2: good. You wonder why we haven't been asked yet to be the participants in that game of cricket? Have you not been asked? <laughs>
1: Because I have. Yeah. Um, well, the, the game we never end, there would be so many words. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> banter. That's banter right there. B- banter. And one final side note comes from cricket365.com. Dhoni, Tendulkar top cricket's rich list. Indian cricketers Mahendra Singh Dhoni and Sachin Tendulkar have been named in Forbes magazine's list of what the 100 highest paid athletes for the past 12 months. For his $26.5 million earnings, more than half of which was for endorsements, Captain Dhoni was placed 31st on the list, and veteran batsman Tendulkar, on the back of $18.6 million, was ranked 78th. Boxers Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao were named in first and second spot respectively, with the former raking in $85 million from the two bouts he took part in last year, and the latter more than $20 million behind his rival on $62 million. Golfer Tiger Woods dropped in at third, with the former number one bringing in $59.4 million. The mark stood at a massive $16 million off his peak earnings in 2009 after a sex scandal cost him dearly. Did you hear about that, Tone? Do you remember that? I recall that, yeah. LeBron James clocked in at fourth, with the Miami Heat stars $53 million, making him the highest earner among the 13 basketball players on the list. Uh, tennis ace, did you see what they did there? Roger Federer banked $52.7 million over the last year, slotting in at fifth. Rounding out the top ten were Kobe Bryant, Phil Mc- Phil Mickelson, David Beckham, Cristiano Ronaldo, and American football star Peyton Manning.
2: Actually, that was one thing that annoyed me in the week, was really
1: <laughs> this, this podcast is just a vehicle for you to get annoyed about things, isn't it? Phil Mickelson, come on. That's it, You just got annoyed with Phil Mickelson. I can't, why can I not say Mickelson? <laughs> I don't know.
2: You just got annoyed with Phil Mickelson. <laughs> uh, no, but Phil Mickelson, I mean, come on, what, how's he earning that much? Because he's a very successful and talented golfer. What do you do? Another one of my pet hates is the criticism of how much footballers earn, which is you know widespread. People love to love to criticise that, but then they can't—they they don't even turn an eye to Phil Mickelson's fifty million pound income for essentially just wandering around some fields once or twice a week pathetic (laughs) where did we figure on the list Um, t-shirt sales
1: well you've got to factor in endorsements and stuff as well haven't you image rights
2: the rubicon endorsement pretty much bankrupted them didn't it
1: (laughs) you've got your deal with honda of course oh Um, yeah that's a huge there's many zeros on that deal do you remember uh you were having a go at golf just before but Um, A long time ago, when we were idiot kids, um, we briefly had some golf lessons with a number of other people as well. Uh, And the guy who um, was coaching us golf was called Eddie Cooper. And he used to to drive uh, a Honda and on the side, because he was sort of like a minor celebrity, (laughs) because he was like, you know, Guernsey's best golf player or whatever. On the side of his Honda, it said, Eddie Cooper drives off with Honda. And I just remember not getting that at all. I just didn't understand that that, that was the pun. I remember telling someone, oh yeah, he's sponsored by Honda because on the side it says Eddie Cooper tees off with Honda. <laughs> I don't uh, think that's what it's. Yeah, you've not really
2: learned you know, anything about comedy since. No, no, it's gone downhill if anything.
1: <laughs> well, we've all had a lot of fun here tonight. But, uh, but I'm afraid that there ain't no time for no more of it. Because that's the end of the World Creek Show this week. What you got lined up for this weekend, Tone?
2: Uh, I'm off to uh, catch up with London correspondent Gordon McRae in London. Wow. London, England. London, England. Uh, where I'll be... Uh, I'm going to go to Wimbledon. First time I've been to Wimbledon. Quite looking forward to that. The tennis. Tennis. I've been to the place before. uh You were born in Wimbledon, of course.
1: Yeah. Well, don't don't tell them that. <laughs> don't, don't, I don't like people knowing things no, about my facts,
2: life. No. If, if you, people, go. If you go back through the you know 140 odd episodes, uh, you will be able to put a very detailed picture of Adam bayfield together.
1: <laughs> you just <laughs> drop in these little tidbits yeah. of information. Every There's time. one
2: a week. Yes, yeah, so, and other things I'll be doing include watching some cricket, watching some football, watching some bands.
1: Brilliant. Will you be playing FIFA? I expect there will be a bit of FIFA. Will you be frittering away our T-shirt profits in casinos? Uh, There is a chance of that as well,
2: Uh, if it's not already been frittered away on other things.
1: What are you going to be doing? Putting my feet up, I think. (laughs) Enjoying a well-earned break from you. Um, And... uh, there will be no World Cricket Show next week because you're away um, for most of that week, aren't you? Just swanning around in Wimbledon. Swaggering about and... Strawberries surfunding. and cream. In your, your, <laughs> you and your, your lifestyle. Like, wear a
2: World Cricket Show t-shirt at Wimbledon. You should, See yeah. I can get
1: picked up by the cameras. You'll turn heads. So yeah, so, uh, so there won't be uh, an episode next week. But yeah, you mentioned the t-shirts. Don't forget, as if you could, that World Cricket Show t-shirts quite literally are quite literally available at our online website, www.cricketshow.net, in both men's and women's sizes. And yeah, as we said at the top of the show, just £15 with free worldwide shipping. I'm not sure you've really got an excuse not to buy one. So do it. Do it now. Do it while you're on. Just while you're listening
2: to the outro, we'll talk for another four or five minutes. Give you <laughs> enough time to go through the the ordering process.
1: They are selling like the proverbial hotcakes. The first batch of people ought to be receiving their t-shirts around about now. So do let us know that you have got them, because otherwise I will be yeah.
2: Tweet a photo. Concerned. Tweet us a photo. Follow me as well. I'm on Twitter now. I've not really done much on it. I'm not. I'm not saying a lot, but when I do say a lot, you don't want to miss it.
1: At Tony Cover Cover T O N Y C V R. you can follow gordon as well at g underscore mccray you can follow the world cricket show as well on facebook at cricket show that's essentially me isn't it that's just, that's essentially you following me i'll talk about cricket but i'll also you'll occasionally learn slag to mark, off mark lawrenson and mark bright <laughs> So, uh, you know, if you want to get involved in some of that, um, you can also uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. That's where most of the action happens, I would say. Um, Yeah, click the like button, suggest it to your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes. uh, That really does help us out. Uh, And send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. If you'd like some free World Cricket Show stickers, that is the place to get in touch. And yeah, we'll be back in two weeks' time when there will be lots more ODI cricket to discuss, and we'll have had two tests in the Sri Lanka Pakistan series as well. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about there. And I'll have had my birthday as well, <laughs> which is always great banter, isn't it? Yeah, great banter for the show. That's, that's sure to provide a few stories. I don't know why I've said that because that's more information. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <it? laughs> let's go on with it. Have a fantastic couple of weeks, everybody, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Bye bye for now. <laughs>
2: I can smell your fear ba-da-da-ba-ba, ba-da-da-ba-ba.
1: we are rolling are we rolling Tane should we say something about the t-shirts First okay cool go on then you do your funny bit the funny bit that you worked well I worked think it's,
2: out. it sounded better earlier and also <laughs> any acting talent I might have once heard has disappeared you never had any though would be my point okay I'll try go on then are we just going to improv this yeah we'll just improv out of it. It. okay what's that what are you wearing Adam <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your face was brilliant. Come on. The concentration there. Really You've got so. to enunciate
2: there, okay. it doesn't work. Thanks. I so didn't come here for a lesson. <laughs> You're going to laugh because I'm going to be like, What are you wearing, Adam? We'd well, have
1: to be quiet. I'd okay. be like,
0: What are that, that, <laughs> you, <what's laughs> you wearing? What are you wearing? Are you wearing,
2: okay. what are you wearing? That's terrible. It's <laughs> just like, a really, It's like. Do you want me to do that? What thing? the hell are you wearing? <laughs> what, what are you wearing there, Adam? That's just, again, didn't really. It's just like, wearing, Adam? Try one more time. Okay. This is so lame already. You know, I, I was in my mind, I was like, I'm going to say, what have you got on? Yeah. <laughs> I was unable to say the same thing. Uh, what have you got on there, Adam? <laughs> just say, what are you wearing? What's that you're wearing?
1: Well, Adam. I don't we, know, can, I don't I, know. we can stitch all this together, so okay. it's all right. Well, by all of this, I mean, <laughs> we, we haven't yet recorded anything yeah. that's worth Start talking about low Earth orbit. <laughs> you know, things have already gone gone. Who's gone
2: well. downhill? Quite like online poker.
1: Yeah, I although know.
2: I briefly flirted with it, but
1: then if I cared more, I'd be genuinely concerned that you had a gambling problem <laughs> <laughs> because this week you. You've just been doing nothing except betting on Euro 2012. It's really enjoyable. Oh, no, you've been doing something other than betting on Euro 2012. You've been talking about betting on Euro 2012. I do.
2: I've worried that I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've been sort of mentioning it too much. Yeah. I think people are starting to get bored to, of it.
1: To girls it's... down the pub and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, so yes, I put money on a uh, number of corners. Yeah, I've got... Because you're not even winning it's... that much no, money. No, I know. It's, it's
2: barely, it's scarcely
1: interesting. Because so. you, you say, like, oh, oh yeah, I won a bet last night. It's like, oh, you're round then? No, nah, it was only about four quid. <laughs> it's like, oh... Brilliant.